Good morning. We are uh, starting a series today, as Alex uh, said a minute ago, on the really big picture. And we're going to be uh, looking at how your life can really count, how it can uh, have significance for something uh, bigger than yourself, how it can really be uh, more than that. Um, for, for many people, they, they, they live and they die, and it's like they never lived at all. I mean, they really don't make much of a mark. And if you would like that to be different, if you would like uh, there to be something different about your life, well, you know, you can do that. A lot of times people think, well, I'm, I'm just not born for that. No, 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 this isn't, this isn't uh, something you're born into. This is something you decide. This is something that, that comes about as a matter of choice. And uh, so you, you, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And one of the things I want you to think about as we look at the topic today of living past me or, you know, living for something bigger than yourself. One of the questions I'd like you to entertain in your mind for a little bit is, what if my life could really make a difference? What if it could really be different? Uh, How many of you have had an opportunity this week to watch some of the Olympics? Have you been watching any of the Olympics? Okay, a few of you. The rest of you, you know, you've been on another planet. Okay, uh, well, anyway, the Olympics have been going on this week, and so hopefully you've gotten to see some of that. And if you have, you've probably gotten a chance to see uh, uh, something like this. So we're going to look at a clip right here of one of uh, our athletes, and I want you to have a little chance to see what goes on. Okay? Allison Felix's entire season has gone so well. Personal best in the hundred. Last year, she ran the 400, got strong, set a new personal best in that. Those are the elements you need to run great times at 200 meters. She's also going to get off of this turn quickly because she's on the outside in lane seven. Silver twice in the last two Olympics. Third. And there's the start, Kamalita Jenner outside lane. Here's Felix, Richards Ross, Campbell Brown, Fraser Price. Still an even race as they come to the home straightaway. And Allison Felix now takes a short lead. Veronica Campbell Brown, Shelly and Fraser Price. Fraser Price and Felix. Here are the two battling to the line. And Allison Felix gets her gold. Fraser Price is second. It looked like Jenner was third. So after being a bridesmaid for the last two Olympics, it's Allison Felix who will be throwing the flowers tonight. So with that familiar smile and holding the stars and stripes, Allison Felix wins the 200 meters. The young lady who is a USC graduate who eventually wants to emulate her mother by becoming an elementary school teacher. She gave the other runners at 200 meters a lesson in London tonight. A Trojan, yes. Um... Allison Felix. I mean, she, she, Allison Felix is just a normal gal. She grew up. She was a classmate of one of our grads uh, when they were in high school. She's just a normal gal. But you know what? She she grew up here in Southern California. Her uh, dad's a uh, pastor. Actually, he teaches in a seminary summer. Mom's an elementary school teacher. Good gal. I mean, she is a Trojan, as they mentioned about that, which just for, for your own edification, if the Trojans were a nation, we would be 10th amongst the 204 nations right there in medal count today. Uh, just uh, the smallest nation, fight on. Okay, so um, it's, it's a good nation. But, you know, I mean, how many of you think that Allison, you know, like in May she was sitting over there and she said, you know what, I got nothing to do this summer. I mean, I kind of like to run, 
You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to check Expedia, see if there's a good price on a ticket, and I'm going to London, and I'm going to run in the Olympics. And then she did that, and she won gold three times. Who, who thinks that? You need help. Uh, no, no, that's not what happened. You know, that, that's, what she did was she had to reorient, she had to reprioritize her life, not just in May, but a number of years ago. She began to do that. She began to, to reset her life so that she could end up someplace different. If you want your life to count, <clears throat> if you want to live beyond yourself, one of the things that has to be true is you have to reorient. You have to reprioritize your life in order to end up there. Now, I'm not talking about something weird. I'm not talking about something unattainable like, you know, the Olympics, you know, that seem, some of you think, oh, my gosh, that would be totally unattainable. No, but I'm talking about if you want to have an impact, you have to do that. If you look at the lives of people that you admire, if you look at the lives of people that you'd like to emulate, one of the things you'll find that's true with them is each one of them have reoriented their lives. They've repositioned their life, reprioritized their lives in order to get to where they are today. So how do you do that? And that's what I like to focus on the most of the time today is how do you do that? How do you do that practically? Because a lot of times I think we have, uh, you know, we're, we're encouraged to do something. We're going, yes, how? How do you do that? You know, and I think, well, that's a great question. So let's look at how do you do that? I think the, the short answer for that is this. You put the big rocks in first. Now, everybody here, is, you know, you've heard that expression your whole life. You know, put the big rocks in. What the heck does that mean? Well, hopefully we'll get to see that. You know, let's, let's look right here for a minute. This, this, this jar right here will represent your life, okay? And, and these rocks, what they represent is things that want to take up space in your life, okay? Things that, the things that do. So, you know, you have, if you, is your life like this where, you know, you think it doesn't fit? Honestly, I've, I've got more things. It just doesn't fit, you know? And, and you begin to find, so there's, you know, there's big rocks. There's things like <clears throat> maybe like, uh, you know, a walk with God, um, maybe like, you know, well, we better use this will be like your wife or something. Let's make a smaller rock there. She probably wouldn't want to be the big rock. Uh, you know, God, um, you know, things like uh, maybe, you know, work. Um, it can be things like if you're in school, like, you know, school. It can be uh, it can be things like, you know, the plans God has for you, uh, different things. These are big rocks. Now, these there's some smaller rocks. There's some like medium sized. Now, what are, what are those? Well, those are things that maybe you enjoy. But they're not as, maybe they're not as important. You know, maybe it's things like uh, going to games or uh, maybe it's things like, you know, going shopping or watching, you know, the Bourne Ultimatum. Uh, or, you know, if you think, wait a minute, do I got to give those things up? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Prioritizing or priority by its very definition does not mean instead of. It means prior to. So what you need to learn to do is this. You learn to put the big rocks in first. You learn to put those in. You learn to put them in in order of what's most important. So you have some of those. You also have a bunch of little rocks. And you look at these. What are these? Well, you know, each one of those little rocks, those are things that, like, take up a lot of your time. They can be things like, you know, TV. Have you noticed the last few weeks NBC has had your, your life planned? You know, you know, you kind of look at that. I mean, it could be TV. It could be games. It could be things you enjoy. You know, you could be pinning things all day. 
For some of you, it could be things like, you know, half of this jar is Facebook. Okay? And you're like, I used to have no friends. And then Mark Zuckerberg. And now I've got thousands. You know, and no, you don't. Uh, you know, you, you look at this, though. You know, this right here, that's what the... Now, is Facebook evil? Is, you know, is the movies evil? Is our video games evil? No, not really. Um, not in and of themselves. They're not evil. But if you put enough of them together and you let enough of them fill up space in your life, what you're going to find is this. You don't have room for the important things. You don't have room for the big rocks. There's just not enough space. But if what you will learn to do, if you'll learn to take and you put the big rocks in first, you put the things in that you think, you know what, that's really important. That's something I need to do. It's something I want to do. I'm going to put that in, you know. And then you take and you think, okay, you know, I... Um, Really what God has for me in my life. I, yeah, that's, that's a big rock. I need to put that in. You know, uh, family. That, yeah, that's a pretty big rock. You know, I probably ought to probably put that in. You put those things in. And then what you find is this. We're going to allow the teams of uh, CIV to help us out. So you put that in. And then what you'll find is with all of the other little rocks that when you begin... Don't worry about those little ones that fell out right there. Those were simply Facebook minutes. So uh, what you'll find is, you know, you get those in and all of them with a little bit of work right there fit fine. They fit perfectly. So what is the key then? How do you get your life to come together? How do you reprioritize it enough? You know, how do, how do you do that? Well, put the big rocks in first. Put the big rocks in first. Now, what you need to think about in that regard is, okay, well, what are the big rocks? What is my priority? What, what are you living for? What, do you, what is the priority in your life? I'm not talking about what you say. I'm talking about what you put in first. Now, you say, well, I, I don't really know. Well, if you don't know, ask somebody around you. Ask somebody that knows you. Ask your spouse. They've probably already told you. You know, uh, you know ask them. Ask Ask a good friend. Ask them, you know, what is it that are the big rocks in my life? Because what you'll find is this. The things you think about, the things you talk about, the things you spend your money on, the things you spend your time on, those are really the big rocks that you're putting into your life. Now, they may be really little rocks, but you know what? It's what you're prioritizing. So you need to begin to ask yourself, okay, what is that? And then... Begin to look at that. Have you ever, have any of you ever had the opportunity to sit around and think, you know, knowing what I know now, I would like to go back to this point in my life and change this or make a different decision or reprioritize something. Anybody ever had a thought like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think most people have. I think, you know, it's pretty normal. You know, most people think, if only I could go back, if only I could, you know, do that. Well, you know, it's always easy to see how we should have prioritized things from the end. In fact, wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good to be able to make all of your choices right now and to prioritize your life right now from the vantage point of the end of your life? To be able to look back and go, oh, I know exactly what I should do there, you know. Yes, by Microsoft. I know exactly what I should do. You, know, you start thinking about, oh, I know what to do. You start thinking about those things. Well, you can't do that. 
So, uh, you know, the movies would tell you can, you can't. You know, but what if? What if there was someone who knew you completely? I mean, they knew your strengths, they knew your weaknesses, they knew your dreams, they knew your desires, they knew your potential, and they also knew everything you were going to face. They knew everything that you could face, they knew everything you would face, they knew every choice you were going to make, and they were willing to give you advice on what to prioritize. Now, would that be good? Oh, my gosh, that's worth its weight in gold. You know, well, that's exactly what's happened. You know, because the one who knows you better than anyone is God himself. And in Matthew six thirty three, what Jesus does is he comes on and he tells us how to begin to prioritize. And this is what he says in Matthew six thirty three. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, that, that little word, but there, that's important. We'll come back to that. But he says right here, seek first. In other words, that is a simple way of saying Make that the priority. That's rock one. Seek first. And what does he say to seek? He says, seek first his kingdom. What's his kingdom? Well, it is the rule and reign of God in the hearts of men. Beginning with yours. Beginning with mine. God's rule and reign in our lives. He says, seek his kingdom and seek his righteousness. Well, what's his righteousness? Well, it's a right standing before God Based upon his provision, not based upon our performance. Based upon his provision. And so he says, you know what, if you're looking and you're trying to figure out what are the rocks I ought to put into my life so that my life goes well and I end up someplace different and my life makes a difference and I live beyond myself and I don't just live and die and it's like I never lived at all. What do I do? He says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And then he throws in an extra. He said, and all these things will be given to you as well. And you're like, all these things? Well, what's he referring to? Well, he's referring to a lot of those little rocks that we worry and fret over all the time. He points that out in verse 31. If you look there in verse 31, he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? You know, I like the fact that he put both men and women in there, you know. Men, what shall we eat? Women, what shall we wear? You know, I mean, he, he put them both in there, you know, because, you know, I mean, that's the things we worry about. You know, we're always worried about those things. And he says, you know, don't worry about those things. In fact, the word he says right there, the, the word, a little phrase, do not worry. You know, we think sometimes, don't worry. Are you, are you kidding me? If I don't worry about this, who's going to worry about it? I mean, oh, my gosh, you've got to take care of these things. But he says, do not worry. In fact, the expression do not worry it's a word uh, in, in the original languages this was written in. It means uh, don't start worrying. Don't even start. Don't start worrying. Now, he uses the same expression up in verse 25. He says, do not worry. But there it has a different meaning. It means stop worrying. So you look in verse 25, he says, stop worrying. You look in verse uh, 31, he says, don't start worrying. So he has this either way. He says, you know what? If you are start, have started already, then stop. If you haven't started, don't. Don't worry. And you think, really? Don't worry. Well, why not? I mean, shouldn't somebody worry about this? Why not worry? And then he tells us the answer to that in verse 32. He gives us two reasons. He says, for the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
So the first reason he, he gives, he says, don't, don't, you don't, don't worry. Why? That's what pagans do. And we look at that with pagans. Oh, I don't want to be a pagan. Well, no, pagans not like this negative word so much that he has there. It's not like, you know, some word where he, he's trying to be derogatory. What he's really talking about there, it's a term. Sometimes in some translations it says Gentiles. It's a word. It means those that live as if there is not one true God. They follow many different things in their lives. You know, uh, during this season, oh, work is their God they're following. During this season, oh, I better listen oh, to what the family's saying. All right, during this season, it's this. During this season, it's that. They follow many different gods. He says, no, 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 don't be like that. Don't be like that. He says, you don't have to worry because, you know what, you're not like that. You are in a family you are in a kingdom with a different king. And then he gives that second part right there. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's the second reason. Because as we get to know God, one of the things we find out is this. He knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. So because you have a heavenly father who knows and cares, Jesus can say to you then in the next verse, but, in other words, in contrast to what these other people do, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he throws in the other, and all these things will be yours as well. Now, one of the best ways that I have found to learn to seek the kingdom, and that's really something you do. You learn to seek the kingdom. It's not like something you just wake up and say, oh, what do you know? I'm seeking the kingdom. I don't even know what happened. No, you learn to seek the kingdom. You learn to seek the kingdom. One of the best ways I've learned to do that is, is getting time in the morning with God, you know, and spending the first minutes of my day with him and, and getting to, to know him and learning to really seek his kingdom and learning to really seek his righteousness. Now, some of you, you know, I mean, I, I know the very first thought you had is, in the morning? Morning? You know, Yes, remember big rocks? Big rocks go in first. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, this has to be a tremendous amount of time that you're like, you know, oh, my gosh, will this be hours? No, it doesn't have to be a tremendous amount of time. I will warn you that uh, the, the more you get to know him, the more you're going to find you want to spend more time. Okay? So you may find yourself doing crazy things like going to bed earlier so you can get up earlier. Go figure. Uh, you know, but you'll find yourself wanting to spend time with him. Some of you may be thinking, well, you know, Neil, honestly, I mean, I'd like to do that, but I don't think you really understand. I mean, I am busy. I have 2,000 friends on Facebook. Uh, I am busy. Uh, you know, and I, what I would tell you is, you know, let, let, me, let me give you some encouragement from a guy who I have uh, long admired for years. This is a guy named George Mueller. He's not alive, in case you're wondering. He, he lived during the time of Charles Dickens. While Charles Dickens was writing about uh, orphans and Oliver Twist, uh, George Mueller was doing something about it and actually uh, building orphanages to take care of thousands of orphans. And so um, he, he wrote this little thing about getting things done. He said, the first three years after conversion, I neglected the word of God. Since I began to search it diligently, the blessing has been wonderful. I have read the Bible through 100 times and always with increasing delight. I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had a good time over the word of God. Friends often say, I have so much to do, so many people to see, I cannot find time for scripture study. Perhaps there are not many who have more to do than I. 
For more than half a century, I have never known one day that I have not had more business than I could get through. For 40 years, I have had annually about 30,000 letters, and most of these pass through my own hands. I have nine assistants always at work corresponding in German and French and English and Danish and Italian and Russian and other languages. Then, you're thinking, then? My gosh, can you imagine if you had to answer 30,000 pieces of mail a year? You're thinking, okay, that's kind of a full-time job right there. He goes on. Then, as pastor of a church with 1,200 believers, great has been my care. Besides that, I've had charge of five immense orphanages, also my publishing depot, the printing and circulating of millions of tracts, books, and Bibles. But I have always made it a rule never to begin work till I've had a good season with God. The vigor of our spiritual life will be in exact proportion to the place held by the word of God in our life and thoughts. I'm not that busy, are you? You see, I don't think you're that busy. And one of the things you want to do is you want to figure out, you know what? The big rocks need to go in first. Now, some of you may be thinking, you know, well, it's not that I'm too busy. You know, honestly, I don't even know how to get started. I mean, I, I got nothing, okay? I don't know what to do. Well, let me give you a simple acrostic that I think you could use and you could remember this way. And it will help you to learn to get going and, and to stay going the rest of your life. It, it would simply be this. The acrostic is pray. And the first, uh, the first uh, letter of that, the P, is simply that, pray. Pray. Start off. Talk about your day with God. Talk about uh, with him the things that are going on. Um, discuss your day with him. You know, lay out your schedule. Discuss your schedule with him. You know, God, are there things I need to change here? Are there things you'd like to alter? You know, begin to talk to him about your day. Begin to discuss things with him about, you know, you know God, I, I'd really like to learn uh, your word. Could you help me to understand your word? Could you really, you know, uh, help me to, to grow in this and help me to begin to learn to do this? The R is simply at read. Begin to get into the word of God for yourself. You know, now, um, if you don't know where to start, let me encourage you to get some help right there. I mean, boy, I mean don't start in something like Leviticus or something like that. You know, you'll, you'll shoot yourself. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. Or, you know, some crazy uh, thing. But Get started in a place, you know, get started in something like, you know, read like the book of Ephesians or read like the book of Galatians or, you know, read the book of, uh, you know, Philippians, a great mental health book. You know, I mean, read that, you know, begin to get started in a place where you're reading it and you're looking and seeing what does God's word have to say. Then the third thing, analyze. As you're reading, begin to ask questions. Begin to ask questions like, do I see a a sin in here that I, that I need to uh, avoid or, you know, confess? Do I see a, a promise that I need to claim? Uh, do I see some attitude that I have this attitude, but this is the attitude of the kingdom, so I need to switch over to that attitude? Or do I see some command there to obey? Because, you know, if we're going to live under him, then, you know, boy, we need to figure out, okay, what do we need to do that, that would really please him, you know? Or do I see an example to follow? Maybe I, I look through here and I see an example of somebody to follow. So you analyze. And then the last part right there, uh, the why, the yield. Submit your own life, submit your own heart and life to his rule and his reign. So you just say, okay, God, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I see right here in your word. 
As you begin to do that day after day after day after day, what you'll find is that's just like the workouts that Allison Felix does. If you would uh, interview her and talk to her, she would tell you about all kinds of workouts that, that she has to go through where she's running with these weights structure and she's trying to do things or these crazy other exercises she does. Why? She does those things day after day so that she can have a different outcome in her life. So her life can be different. She can make a difference. You know, you want to do the same thing. What you'll find is this, that as you begin to get into his word, as you begin to seek his kingdom, as you begin to seek him, that it reprioritizes your life. As you seek him, you're reminded of your purpose. That is his rule and reign in people's hearts, starting with yours. As you seek him, you're also reminded uh, of perspective. I don't have to worry. I have a father who knows and cares, and he's going to take care of me. All these things will be added. As you seek him, you're also reminded of the order of provision. Seek first the kingdom, and then these things are added. So, you know, prioritizing your life around the things of God Tremendous difference. Now, why don't, I mean, it's, it's a simple thing. Why don't people do it? I mean, honestly, why don't people do it? Well, I think, I think there's several reasons. Maybe you've never slowed down enough to think through, what am I really prioritizing my life around? You know, sometimes we have lost sight of the objective, therefore we have redoubled our speed to get there. You know, we're just like all over the place. Slow down, think through, okay, what are the things what are what are the uh, people what are what are the relationships what are the things that are really priority in my life and am I putting those big rocks in first or am I hoping there's going to be some room left over second reason I think people don't sometimes they really don't believe he knows and he cares they kind of think well about me really I mean, does he, does, he, does he know and care about me? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Thus, you don't have to worry. As you seek him, what you'll find is priority precedes provision. You make him the priority, then provision comes. Priority precedes provision. Or maybe the third reason, maybe you've never entered into a relationship with him in the first place. And so what I would encourage you today is, is to... Look into that. Figure out that, you know, and begin to ask the questions there about, okay, you know, how do I do that? And, and man, I, I, good night. I'd like to live life in the kingdom with a father who knows and cares, and, and, and I'd like to have a life that actually is going to make a difference, you know. So begin to, begin to check that out. Living past me really has to do with priority. You know, what, what if, what if your life, really could count. And what if it all started with the priority, the thing you seek first? It does. So what I would encourage you is seek him. Seek him. Randy's going to come. He's going to share some next steps with us about things we can do to begin to put this into practice. Randy. Good morning. Glad you're here. Uh, I'd like to ask you if you would to take out 
the connection card again that's in your program. As the band comes up and gets ready to lead us in worship, I'd like to look over a couple ways, a couple steps that you could take as a result of what you've heard this morning out of Scripture and as Neil walked through that with us. Uh, the first one is to memorize Matthew 6.33. Just a reminder, great reminder to put the kingdom of God and his righteousness first and then he's going to take He's going to take care of everything for us. Uh, sometimes you think, who's going to look out for my needs if I look out for God and what he wants me to be doing and what he wants me to give my life to? And the answer is God. God's going to look out for that. Jesus was very, very clear. If you set out to follow him, he said, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That's what it means. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's what it means to live past yourself. Jesus knows how we're wired. We've got to get outside of ourselves, beyond ourselves, to find the life that he really wants for us, the life that he wants us to joy, to enjoy. And so what Neil was talking about, uh, getting time with God, Setting the time aside, he, he encourages us here on the, the next step to take some time this week to think about who and what is most important to you. You might want to set some time aside. That's a step you could take. There may be others. But living past me is the key to having the kind of life that God wants. That's what Jesus was talking about when he described what it took to follow him. Setting time aside for him. Uh, to get to know him is crucial. When you first start out following the Lord, it's exciting. You're forgiven. You realize, wow, this is fantastic. God has forgiven me. I'm learning all this new stuff. I'm hearing all these things. I haven't really, I haven't put it together before. And God just sort of starts bringing pieces together and it begins to make sense who he is, what he wants to do, and how he wants to work in our lives. After a few years, uh, what happens is, after maybe eight to ten years, you, you've heard a lot of the things. The Bible starts shrinking. At first, the Bible, 66 books. My goodness, how am I going to get my hands around all this? The Bible starts shrinking a little bit. If you're spending time with God, you're hearing from Him, you're getting into the Bible on your own, you're going to, to worship where the Bible starts, starts shrinking. You start understanding the general gist. At that point, you have a choice to make. Am I just going to live for me and start keep soaking in all of the insights and all the things that God has for me? Or am I going to really going to take what I've learned and begin to pour into other people? At that point, that's where the excitement comes. That's where the buzz comes. At first, the buzz comes from learning and, and hearing all the new stuff. But at that point, the buzz comes from actually taking what God's done in your life and begin to share that with other people. And it comes all along. He wants us to start out that way. But there's a point at which life begins to fade. It doesn't make as much sense. It gets stale and dry if I'm not pouring out into the lives of others. And so I want to encourage you, living past me, the key to doing that is spending time with God every day. And then we all have chores to do here in church. And as we look at this campus launch. There are a lot of chores to do, things to take care of. But really, the excitement, the buzz for life is going to come 
As you try to take what God's taught you and then explain that, share that with other people, help them work through the things that they're working through. And that's what Jesus is saying. I I deny myself. I take up my cross daily. I set aside my own interests, my own needs, and I set my heart to live for him and to, to meet the needs of the people around me. As I do that, life comes together as God provides what he's promised to provide. Just want to encourage you in that. Thank you, Neil, for your words. Very helpful. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in the Scripture and for bringing us all to the point, bringing many of us to the point where we've learned how real you are and how you work in our hearts to bring the joy that we really want in life as we give ourselves away, as we live for you and as we live for your purpose. Father, help us, God, to guard our time, to put the the most important things in our life first, and then to allow you to meet our needs, as you've so promised. Help us to get past ourselves and take the steps that you've laid on our hearts to take this morning, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask for your power. Amen.